Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. My name's Tim, this is my wife Helen, and, and tonight we're going to be asking Jono and Annie some questions that will hopefully bring a message across of unity. Yeah, so um, really we want to look at two things. We want to look at unity and excellence. And we want to really um, glean out of these two what those two words mean. Those two words have been picked because at Arena we have a behaviour code. And it's things that we want in the house and things that we don't want in the house. And two things that what we want in the house, in the church, is unity and excellence. Actually, unity um, is about team is about family mm. and arena strives on we and not I and excellence it's about doing the best we can with what we've got yeah. unity actually in the bible it says this that where there is unity God commands a blessing yeah, now you guys are married and I'm sure mm. you want to be blessed mm. you guys come to arena church you want to carry unity in this church so that actually this church will be blessed True. So, Annie, I'm going to ask you the first question. We've changed them so you can't prepare. Oh, no. No, I'm joking. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Annie, your background growing up, mm-hmm. and your actual current role in and out of church. Cool. Yes, yeah, so my name's Annie. Um, I'm married to Jonathan here. Here. Um, so, my background is I was brought up in church in quite a good, um, well, not just a good, a very good um, household, Christian household. Um, but obviously, I had to come to a decision um, myself to make, um, to give my life to Jesus. So, when I was about 10, I gave my life to Jesus, and then I recommitted my life when I was a bit older, about 16, um, 17. So, a very stable, not perfect upbringing, but there was always lots of fun, laughter, pranking. And now, this one's in the household. It's even more joking, laughing and pranking, which is always good. Um, So yes, that's my background. Um, My role out of church is I'm self-employed. We actually run a business. Um, So I'm on the like records, vinyl type of side. So we buy and sell um, hi-fi equipment. So for any of you people who like vinyl, stereos, all that kind of stuff, that's the side I'm kind of involved in outside of church. Um, And then I also have the privilege of working for church two days a week. Um, It normally kind of trickles over that, but I just love what I do. So um, uh, we're the students pastors um, from the ages of like 11 to 26 or whatever. Um, I'm also very passionate about worship. I work alongside our worship pastor centrally. Um, and then also we, we kind of, we're on the ground here at our Nottingham campus as well. So very busy, but we lo- absolutely love what we're doing. We wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world really. So yes. So John, I guess similarly asking you the same sort of question in terms of growing up, would it have been similar to Annie or a little bit maybe different? So it was very similar for until my, probably my teenage years so before I turned around 16 that kind of age my upbringing was very similar to Annis I had great parents always brought me up in church would be at church most weeks if not every week and some of my fondest memories actually as a child were being in, in a church family as such so we used to do a lot of different things in the youth group at the time we used to go out on day trips and I, I used to love that and these things stick with you. In fact, some, just thinking now, um, something that sticks with me the most, and I've, I've carried it through literally until today, is, is walking downstairs on a Saturday morning and seeing my, my dad, before everyone else has, has got up, um, obviously 
sleeping and my dad would be in the conservatory he'd be on his knees he'd be praying for us he'd be reading his his bible his uh, leather bound bible and that that stuck with me as well and and i've had an amazing upbringing i'm so so pleased to have the parents that i've had but probably around 16 i made some quite poor decisions and I actually chose to walk away from, from Jesus. I chose to walk away from the church because everything, although my mum and dad brought me up so well, everything in my, in my life was head knowledge about God. I knew all the Bible stories. I knew every Bible verse that I could possibly think of, but I had no revelation. I had no real heart of, of who Jesus really was. So the world was a lot more attractive to me. So um, we were just reminiscing before with an old school friend about some of the clubs we used to go to in Nottingham. Um, and I made some really poor decisions in my life and ultimately without going into too much detail I realised that nothing is going to satisfy outside of a relationship with Jesus Mm. and that's my message for you all all guys tonight nothing will ever satisfy outside of a relationship with Jesus you know you can try all you want you can try looking in this place that place and dare I say it go and try it I'm I'm telling you you'll come back to the same realisation of where I came to Jesus is the answer so that's, yeah, that's my upbringing. And, yeah, and in, in, outside of church, as Annie said, um, I run a business called Captain's Locker. We trade as the music locker. I buy and sell guitars, amplifiers, old ones that uh, are older than probably me and you put together, I'm sure. And I love that. It's an absolute dream. But an even more of a dream than that is the fact that I get to help young people, uh, mostly in my, in my heart, mostly men, young, young lads, not make the silly decisions that I made. That is a massive dream. So, yeah, that's me. Great, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so your, your current role in church, would that be similar to what Annie does? I know you guys yes. work in tandem quite a bit with different things, particularly here in the campus yes, at so Nottingham. Yes, we, we are um, the campus coordinator, the Connections Pastors here in Nottingham. We love this city. We always have done since we've been um, dating. We love courting, <laughs> that's it. Ever since we've been caught in, we love the city. Um, we get to serve the city, which again is an absolute privilege. But inside of that as well, we're, we're the arena students, pastors from 11 to 17. That's over the, the different campuses. And we've got big dreams for that. We've got big... Uh, we we want to call out the world changers in, in the, the young, young guys. There's, there's, we put on these nights called the world changers nights. They are not just a, a cool little trendy title. But it's prophetic. Mm. It, it, we want to call out the best. We want to call out the world changes in, in these young guys. And like I say, so that they don't have to make the decisions that, that I made. Yeah. Great, yeah, great. So you guys deal a lot with students. You know, that's quite a bit of your, uh, you give a lot out uh, to these guys. And, but, but when you were a student, what did unity look like? Two words. Um, knees up. Knees up. Maybe you know if you've, if you've been, this, been through this in life, but unity was having a pint in one hand, your arm around somebody you probably don't know, singing the chorus of Hey Jude in a, a club somewhere. That was unity. But the thing with unity back in a student day is that it was so flittering. So that very person that you'd had your arms around in the, um, in the club, You'd be walking home and they'd said to you, you can't sing, and then the next minute you're rolling around on the floor having a fight with them. So unity was literally so flittering. One minute you're united, the next minute you hate each other and you 
you want to do a Tyson Fury and Wilder kind of thing with each other. So yeah, that's what unity looked like back then. And Annie, what about you? When you were growing up, what did unity look like? Um, so unity looked like when we were growing up, I guess. I was always modelled a, oh, sorry, a good model of unity. It was being loyal to one another, working together, um, sticking by one another. Um, it wasn't necessarily fleeting. It was, I had, with my mum and dad, I had quite a good representation of what unity was. I always have a bit of a running joke that me and my brother Isaac over there, there was, we're almost like the, the ones if anybody like touches anybody, a family... We're almost like a AJ, aren't we, Isaac? Anthony Joshua, hands up, we're very loyal. We're like, we're going to be unified together. Don't touch us. Some running joke. But. <laughs> so that was before, and obviously you two are married. What does unity look like now? Um, so first of all, I want to say that unity is definitely contended for. So we don't talk about this person a lot because we, he doesn't deserve to be talked about. But um, we have a very real God and we have a very real enemy at the same time. And the enemy wants us not to live in unity. He wants us to be not very loyal to one another. He wants us to be, like Jonathan said, fighting with each other, talking about each other. Um, so it's very much contended for and especially in a marriage as well um, me and Jonathan um, well Jonathan will always remind us that um, we are united and we do what we do not just for the sake of ourselves but for the sake of others as well so with everything that we do we need, we need to choose to be in unity we need to choose to live in unity together um, so it's definitely a choice um, to put each other first um, to speak well of each other that was always something that um, we were both brought up with but um, we made a decision again that we're going to be living unity we're going to speak well of each other we weren't going to be slagging off each other to our other friends we wanted to speak well of each other um, and it's again it's just a choice you have to wake up and kind of choose to do these things it's, it's not something that you I don't think you can magically wave a wand and go there's unity and um, you have to choose it every day I think to work together and as a team yeah, we can, and we can see that too. Even though you guys are still young in marriage, if you like, we can definitely see as a, as a church there's a, a certain unity that you both carry with one another. You know, you, work, you walk together in tandem of, of what you're doing and, and where you're going and in serving, in serving God. But Jono, I mean, obviously, um, your idea of unity may have changed or may not have changed since you got married. Could you say anything about that? Bernard yes. and I were in a church context. I was going to say, you've asked me to keep it clean. So, yes. yes. Um, yeah, it's definitely changed. I mean, I've written a few, th just three th quick things down. So forgive me for looking down. But unity in, in marriage doesn't always mean that we agree. But it means that we're aligned. Yeah, that's good. So there's things that Annie and I disagree with. Thankfully, not too many because we've, uh, I've submitted, obviously, myself to Annie. <laughs> um, I'm joking. Yeah, so the, I've, I've not myself off, off now. Yeah, there's things that we don't agree on, but we choose to align ourselves for the greater good of this relationship. And do we get that right all the time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But we have a common set of values that and goals that we work towards. And if we mess up, yeah. we go again. Yeah, we get up good. and go again. And Ephesians four in the Bible says that you were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together both outwardly and inwardly. That is, that is massive, especially in marriage, inwardly. Because when Annie annoys me, when I annoy Annie, inwardly I can think so many bad thoughts about Annie and, and that works its way out 
but actually I need to stay inwardly aligned as well, inwardly united. So that's first loop. Secondly, if, if you don't deal with past hurts, it will forever limit your capacity to love and be united. And early on in, in our marriage, I specifically had to deal with quite a lot of bad mindsets, baggage, past hurts uh, that worked their way into our marriage and I had to deal with them. And some of us in here are, are carrying past hurts around with us that are causing us to bring disunity to wherever we go. If disunity and arguments follow you, you need to ask yourself, is there something that I've not quite got right in my own heart right now? And the thirdly, it's by far the biggest thing. I've had to build a bit, bridge and get over myself. And that is massive. If we're going to be united, there's no room for fragility. There's no room for fragility. Some of us in this room, myself included, we harbour things as trophies that are actually loser traits. What do I mean by that? They, things like this, they can't tell me what to do. Uh, I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. I can do it on my own. I'm independent. I, I'll, I'll tell them what, that, what I think. These are actually things that people celebrate in, in the world today, but in a marriage, they don't work. They're not trophies, the traits of losers. And that sounds really, really harsh, and I'm not saying that from a position of judgment because, my word, I have to build a bridge and get over myself so often. But yeah, great. unity. Yeah, great. So we've talked about unity. If we talk a little bit about excellence, it's a question to both of you, and I don't know if both of you want to answer it separately. So what does excellence look like? Um, so I, I think you touched on it a little, you touched on it um, a little bit, but excellence isn't perfection. Um, it's not getting everything right 100% of the time. You know, it says in Psalm 81, I think it's like, um, "How excellent is your name, O God, Most High?" And God is excellent. That's the essence of who He is. But He understands that we're human. He understands that we're flawed. Um, so He doesn't expect the same kind of excellence, perfection, if you know what I mean. Um, so we're flawed. But excellence doesn't as well look prideful or boastful. It doesn't it's not saying I'm just going to do shortcuts um, I'm just going to do it the way I want to do it excellence again is doing the best with what you have um, first of all but it's definitely important um, I just think to what Jonathan was saying about the building I think about all the hard work and the time that people put into this building and we did the best with what we had thankfully for all your faithful giving through 2020 we had a great budget to do this building but we didn't have millions of pounds a lot of people have millions and millions of pounds to do buildings up like this especially in a city centre um, but I just think for all the people that did it they worked excellently they had a, a mind mindset and a heart set of I'm going to do this excellently with what I've been given I'm going to do it to the best of my ability um, and I'm going to get the job done well if you know what I mean so it's definitely important with even even something so silly and how we how our appearance is we want to make sure that we we dress smart so my dad always says that when he goes to an interview you always polish your shoes it's just those little things that we want to live in excellence because excellence is attractive to people especially um, people our school friends um, our colleagues they, they'll, they'll see something so different in you because you have a, a mindset and a heart, set, a heart set of wanting to live in excellence of doing the best with what you've got so it's, it's definitely important yeah yeah so excellence is important because when we, when we do things excellently I believe wholeheartedly that we're mirroring our very creator because he did things excellently he, you might not think it some of you in this room are thinking me built excellently not, not at all 
But when he made you, he built you excellently. And sometimes we don't realise it until something in our, our body doesn't, doesn't quite work and we realise, you know, I've got a friend here, Scott, who had a horrible um, thing in his, a horrible accident and now he's looking back, he probably realises just how excellently his legs worked. When I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, I never even heard of a pancreas before that. Mm. What the heck's a pancreas? How the heck, what does it do? But now I realise just how amount of times I have to inject and get things right, just how amazingly God created us, how excellently he created us. It says in the Bible that when God finished making us, he didn't say, and this is, this is a not so excellent kind of language, it'll do. Mm-hmm. He didn't turn around and say, oh, there's Phil Pye, it'll do. He turned around and said, there's Phil Pye, it is good, it's very good, it's excellent. And when he made you, he made you excellent. He look around, the amazing creation that God made. So excellence is important, especially as a Christian, because when we do things excellently, when we have a, a mindset of we're going to do the best with what we have, we're mirroring, mirroring our very creator. And um, sorry, also it's it's um, having almost a mindset of excellence is very sacrificial as well. It's saying, you know what, I'm not just going to do the best for myself. I'm going to do my best for others as well. So for our church, for our Arena Church Nottingham, for Arena Church as a whole, it's not just about Arena Church Nottingham. It's about the whole picture. We're going to do our best for our church. We're going to do our best for our family, for our marriage. We're going to do our best in our work. We're going to do our best now. So all the dreams we have in our heart that God will be able to trust us to do those things because we've had a good attitude and a good spirit of excellence to be enabled to do those things as well yeah I think I think we need to bring our best because God gave his best to us through Jesus right and that's what we strive to be like we want to be given the best we can in everything that we do you know we're not going to be perfect in every way we we can we need to accept that don't we and we may not be the 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 how how the world um says you should look like we may not look like that but the bible says that we're all wonderfully and fearfully made now that's not just us up here that's each and every person sat in this room that's each and every person that's outside of this room so it's it's understanding that and knowing that so we spoke a little bit about unity in in excellence there and if i can ask you both a question how how can those two things be kept at the forefront of your marriage so if I deal with unity, is that cool? So, as Annie said, it, it, it's a choice. And it's not just a once-in-a-lifetime choice. It is that, but it's a daily choice as well. And, you know, can I be completely honest here, without being too vulnerable, without the Holy Spirit guiding me, without my, my head being in God's Word every, every single day, as much as I possibly can, I would be an absolute mess-up in marriage. I would be an absolute mess up because I haven't got it in me to, to put myself second. I haven't got that in me at all without the, the work of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says, with, not by power, not by might, but by the work of by my spirit, says the Lord. And that, that is so important. We can't, our marriage cannot be united with yesterday's time of Jesus or last week's time of Jesus, or dare I say it, just a, a Sunday service time of Jesus. It's got to be a daily thing. And not, again, not just for the sake of our marriage, but for the sake of those that we reach, for the sake of those that we connect with, those that we call our friends and our family. It's so important. 
Yeah, so really just to echo what Jonathan said again, and I think it's been a running theme through both of these behaviours that we want in, in our church as well, that um, it's a choice. We've got to choose again to live in excellence. So in our marriage, it's the same thing. I've got to choose to wake up every day and say, you know what, I'm going to do the best with what I've got. Um, so with everything that almost my jobs are in, in our relationship or what I take responsibility for, I'm going to do the best, not just for myself, but for Jonathan as well. Um, so I'm going to put him first instead of myself and as Jonathan says um, we can only really do that by the help of Jesus and the Holy Spirit because we're all selfish at the end of the day and we all have a bias to being selfish so it's definitely a choice um, to wake up and say I want to do the best with what I've got I'm not perfect but I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to serve this man right here that's really good and really important and I think you're right you have to work at it sometimes because it's choice isn't it because it is easy to put ourselves first especially in marriage what about me but actually it's about keeping us together keeping you guys together and sorry there's um there's this quote that me and Jonathan absolutely love and it's by a guy I think it's from a guy um in I think it's North American Church of the Highlands and he always says choices lead feelings follow and it's something that we almost live by that says you know what we're going to choose this you've said before that our feelings and emotions can be quite deceptive at times so we've got to choose what the Bible says what the word of God says and our feelings have to take a back seat so choices lead feelings follow that's really good really good and so you've talked about um, unity and excellence in your marriage and putting that at the forefront how are you going to do unity and excellence in leading Nottingham Arena so just imagine for a moment you, you walk in it's your first time and the chairs are scattered everything's a mess it stinks in here there's people with the shoes off there's somebody sat there that, who's been on a, a run beforehand and they absolutely stink they've got the top off are you going to come back? No chance. I would not come back to that. We want to try and model a, a culture of excellence here so that people can come in and just feel at home, feel welcome. And that might not be perfect all the time, but we just want that to be the case, that people can come in and, and feel welcome. And some of the ways that we... The Bible talks actually a lot about stewarding things well. And it actually says that if we don't steward things well, what we have will be taken from us and given to somebody else. We think that God will actually just let us be in this, in this circle. But actually, if we don't steward this well, God will actually take it away from us and give it to somebody that's going to reach hundreds of people for his, for his kingdom. And that, is, that should put, in a, in a good way, a fear in our lives, a respect that we, we actually we want to do good, something good because we know that God's gifted us with this. He's given it to so that we can steward it well. And how can we do that is four things I've written here by welcoming those that come in and everyone in this room has got a, a part to play in this a warm welcome extended to all secondly by serving doing the best in the place that you are serving not an attitude of that will do not, none of this will just do we want to do our best with what we've been given thirdly by connecting here on a Sunday but also throughout the week I had a great time a few weeks back with Emmanuel's not here tonight but we had a great time just meeting outside of these four walls with my friend Martin as well it was just an amazing time just connecting and I want to encourage you maybe you've gone and grabbed coffee with someone who's here just by connecting with them and just making them feel even more welcome and fourthly by including there's no cliques there's no us and them and hopefully you've got it as well we are one church in multiple locations 
That is intentional. We are not just Arena Church here. It is not us and them. It is us. We are all together. One church in multiple locations, multiple expressions. And that's what we can do. And, you know, as Helen said, it, it, the Bible says how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony and unity. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing. Yeah. I don't believe that we can reach as many people as God wants us to without God's blessing. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? By staying united, by doing things well, by stewarding the things that he's given us extremely well. And just by turning up and giving our best. Right, right. Yeah, don't really know how to follow that now. Well done. That was good. Well done. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely crucial. I'll say that. <laughs> Unity and excellence are definitely crucial. Because mm. um, like I said earlier, the enemy wants to divide us. He doesn't want us to be here. I don't know if you know that, but he doesn't actually want us to be here. He doesn't want us to be in this building tonight. He doesn't want us to be even following Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't want any of that. So unity, when we come into these four walls and when we come out of these four walls, is so, so crucial. And you know, Jonathan touched on it a little bit earlier. When we live together in unity, we're going towards one common goal. And the goal at Arena Church is to make the name of Jesus famous and it's to go to go and to grow and to love and serve our world and this, this is where it, it almost flips back into marriage and then um, almost in your ministry and church life as well you, you go towards again a common goal you have the same kind of convictions the same kind of morals to be unified in those things um, and it's, again it's the same with excellence we want to do the best with what we've got um, I love that analogy I wouldn't come back to that not at all I just wouldn't um, so it almost it's almost a a, a wake-up call sometimes to almost say, you know what, we can do better. A wake-up call to say, we, we want to make sure that the chairs are put out properly. It's not just all about the stage, because I think a lot of people can get caught up with that, but excellence as we're serving people on teas and coffees, excellence as we're welcoming people as well. So it's so, so crucial. I can't even stress it enough. It's just really important um, that we have that here in Arena Church, the unity and excellence. Mm, great. So yeah, I think, I think it's clear that, that Arena as a, as a church want to do things well. We like to do it uh, in, an, in an excellent way. So, so when folk come in, they can see that it's a good thing. Um, not just how we're doing it, but what we're actually presenting to. And what we want to be is unified in, in everything that we're doing. Christian, our lead pastor, you saw him on the screen earlier. He, he's a, a big fan of not the I, but the team. Uh, and the team does it together, not just one person dragging everybody with them, but we, we're keen on the team being together, doing it excellently, and being united. Otherwise, it becomes disjointed, it becomes pulling in different directions and, and what have you, and, and we don't get the, the best out of, of what and who we are. So we wanna, we wanna thank you guys for, for sharing tonight. Um, in in uh, just unity, you know, giving us a little insight of who you are, your marriage, and even what you're doing uh, in in and for Arena. We want to we want to thank you too for all that you do for Arena because uh, you guys never seem to stop going. Uh, we we always see Helen and I would always say that you know John and Annie just seem to have this energy, and I know that you need know, to draw on God for that strength sometimes, you know, and that's important. Um, but we can see that you two definitely are united in in what you do. Uh, not just privately together, but you are, you know, publicly we can see that it's a, a togetherness and it's a great example even for the young guys who, who may not uh, be married as yet or even be part of leading together in, in, a, in a church situation. So let's, let's give them a round of applause for, for sharing with us tonight.